Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 26 of Swimming Upstream, and welcome in more ways than one to the Troy Johnston Show. Alex Carver and Daniel DeVivo here with you as always. Daniel, let's rewind two months, man, heading into the 2021 season. If I were to tell you that not J.J. Lede, not Peyton Burdick, not Cam Meisner, not Connor Scott, not Nassim Nunez, not Victor Mesa Jr., but Troy Johnston was going to be the hottest prospect in the Miami Marlins organization after the months of May and June. Would you have believed me? And what would you have said? <laughs> I would have said, there is my buddy Alex again with his Troy Johnston love. <laughs> You've been, man, you've been on him since the start and uh, you made a believer out of me. And again, I, I knew what he was. I mean, I knew he was really good, but you, knew better than, than, than all of us. So um, yeah, really, really excited about this. Yeah, man. I, I was higher on him slightly than you in our original top 100, which we put out, um, you know, this preseason before everything started, just because I was going back through highlights. I was going back through his college stuff and I just saw that, that sweet, simplistic hitter, right. An advanced hitter for his age and a guy that, as we talked about in the episode, which you guys will hear very shortly, it's just a guy that was able to put it together despite a lot of missed time. So I, I really liked that aspect coming into this season. And man, he's just built and built and built. So I couldn't be more thrilled for this kid. Daniel, I, I'm sure you agree with me. Um, we talk about it in the interview with Troy, which we will, of course, soon get to. But man, this guy just had a torrid month of June. He goes 336, 419, 653 with a 182 WRC+. Plus. And in this month, he gets on base in 16 straight games right near the end of it to close it out. He's your active Marlins minor league leader in all but one of those stat categories being slugging percentage, which is his teammate Griffin Conine, who's slightly ahead of him, who is among the league leaders in homers. But man, for the year, this guy hitting 312, 397, 606, 165 WRC+. Plus, those numbers all rank you know, within the top 50 at least per each one of them in all of minor league baseball. He's reached base in all but four of his 52 games played. You know, he's maintaining that already great hit tool, but he's had this great power surge. Man, coming into the season, lefty's season high uh, homer total at any level, 10 homers in college. This season, he's already put eight baseballs out of the yard. Man, Daniel, all things considered, just an unbelievable run from a formerly unheralded guy and later round pick who missed nearly an entire collegiate season, as I said. And then, of course, with COVID, the canceled minor league season. So you follow the minor leagues just, just as closely as I do, and you have for just as long, if not longer, than I have. Have you seen anything like this? And how rare is this to see from this, this late-round pick who's just coming into his own so quickly here in 2021? I mean, I can't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but it, it really is crazy. I mentioned a little bit in our, in our last episode um, how – you see, obviously, guys have hot weeks, maybe two hot weeks, but this is two months, man. Um, and he's done it over two levels and playing different positions. So as I mentioned last episode, this kid is clearly legit. Um, so, so, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's surprising and it's amazing. And um, I just want to see him keep doing it. 
Exactly right. All right, guys, we got a ton of great insight from Troy Johnston in an exclusive interview that we uh, conducted with Troy earlier today. He was gracious enough to join us on the show before a game and in between workouts, by the way, to talk about his making up for missed time, this unbelievably hot start to 2021 and how he's made it happen. You know, this, this most recent development, this power surge and much, much, much more. We need to preface this episode, guys, by sending our thanks, as always, to the Marlins communication team, as well as the Snappers front office for setting this up for us. And of course, we need to thank Troy for being kind enough to join us on the show, as I said, between his workouts and all of his pregame uh, routines that he needs to go through. So really, really awesome interview with him on top of being a, a super, you know, super star breakout prospect that he's now becoming, especially if he continues, as Daniel mentioned, just an extremely nice guy. We, we had a great time. I, I think I could speak for Daniel in not only talking with Troy, but meeting him and learning more about him. Man, I, I'm really excited to, and we are really excited to bring you guys this exclusive interview with uh, this just breakout star in Troy Johnston. So without any further ado, guys, here it is. Mining Daniel DeVivo's exclusive interview on swimming upstream with Marlins prospect, Troy Johnston. Illinois native and Arizona Diamondbacks prospect. Here's a swing and a base hit in the center. Banfield being waved around. The throw is cut off. And how about that? Troy Johnston hits for the cycle tonight in Peoria. All right, guys, Daniel and I are extremely excited to bring you an exclusive interview with one of the best players in the Marlins system and in MILB as a whole over these first two months of 2021. As we embark on the month of July, this guy, you know, not doing much, just sitting on top of the leaderboard system-wide in many stat categories. He was on base in 24 of 26 games in June in 46 of 52 to start this season. He's coming by some added pop and all of this occurring during a promotion to the single A advanced level from low A and while learning a brand new position. So this guy just continues to go, continues to get better. It's our definite pleasure to have him on to talk about his growth and development this year and uh, his year so far and how he's gotten to this level. So Troy, man, Troy Johnston, thank you so much for coming on to join us today on the show. I really, really do. And we really, really do appreciate the time. Uh, belated happy 24th birthday to you, first of all. And second of all, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. I am just having a blast being here with you guys. You guys are awesome. Like I said, um, one of my favorite accounts on Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Um, I love hearing you guys' podcasts, and I'm just really happy to be here. And thanks again for the birthday shout-out. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course, of course. Our pleasure. Uh, we're going to jump right into it, man. The first one we want to get to, I know there's a lot of people that are just now getting to know you and hear us talk about you. Daniel can be my witness. I've been talking about you and your 2019 season since before the season started as maybe a guy that could surprise us here and here you are doing so. So thank you for, for proving me right. First of all, <laughs> and second you're of welcome, all, you're uh, welcome. Yeah, just for those of us uh, who are listening that may not have heard your name yet in this Marlins system, who is Troy Johnston as a baseball player, as a hitter, maybe just a real quick scouting report on yourself and your approach. Um, so if I could give myself a scouting report on my approach a little bit, I just, I'm a guy who goes up to the plate, try not to miss the fastball and just kind of give what they take me or sorry, uh, take what they give me. Sorry about that. Um, but realistically I go up there and I'm really looking for one pitch and one pitch only. And then I kind of adjust from there. Um, try to hit that fastball middle, middle try to see a mistake up in the zone. Um, but other than that, I really just go out there and I try to give it my best effort every single day. Um, I'd see, I'd say that's probably me, uh, uh, my scouting report on myself. I know, uh, me and Snyder, He'll joke about it every time I go up to a bat. He'll be like, hey, go up there and give it your best effort out there. And I've said, all right, you know, 
I will. I'll go up and give it my best effort every single at bat, every single day. <laughs> awesome. Definitely awesome, man. Uh, this is Daniel here. Um, you went to college in, at Gonzaga, missed almost all of 2018, right? Your sophomore season. And <laughs> just absolutely rebounded by lighting the world on fire. Um, in your junior year, uh, 1,013 OPS, 10 bombs. How was the process to get back to an elite level between 2018 and 2019? So I think the biggest thing that helped me for sure was um, in 2018, I broke my a bone in my hand, um, which it's because I hold the bat a little bit weird, hang my finger off the knob. So you see that happen a lot with baseball players who do that. Um, but in 2018, that summer that I got to take off while I was um, rehabbing, um, one of my buddies was coaching at Ferris High School in Spokane. Um, for a Legion ball team. And he asked if I could come and help him out during that summer. And so I think the biggest part of that was actually seeing a different part of the baseball game and actually having the coaching aspect of it. I got to coach some fantastic high school players all throughout the summer. And I think that helped me almost realize what baseball is about and who I wanted to be as a baseball player coming into 2019. There was these little things throughout the game that I realized were not as big of a deal. And, you know, some things that I thought were more important. And it gave me kind of that different perspective on the game that I think definitely helped me, you know, like you said, rebound into that 2019 season and, um, you know, become the player that I am today. Awesome. All right. Sure. We'll, we'll come up to draft day. Uh, of course, uh, you know, you do 17th rounder selected by the Miami Marlins about as far away as possible from, from the state of Washington. If you look at major league baseball and how it maps up, uh, we know from your background and some stories that we read about your grandparents and your parents going to games and, and watching like all of your games that you're super big on family uh, you know, we, you know, you're, that's a really big thing for you and a driving force. So in hindsight, it's, it's a great decision to sign with Miami because of everything that happened with a canceled 2020 and then a shortened draft. But if you could just take us through in that moment, the decision process to sign with the Marlins and, and travel so far away from home. Well, you know, the Marlins are a fantastic organization. They have great guys up and down um, from the front office to the coaching staff to um, all the administrators. Um, they're a fantastic organization. Um, I know um, talking to Scott Fairbanks, which was I was in contact with mostly during the draft. Um, he's a great guy, and he's seen me play a lot of baseball all the way through. I, I believe I talked to him a little bit in high school and then um, in college a little bit as well. Um, but it just it felt like the right move. Um, realistically, this is an up and coming organization who has a lot of potential and a lot of great players up and down throughout the minor leagues, major leagues. Um, and so realistically, I thought this was going to be a perfect spot for me, um, mostly because of the development that they have and the opportunities that they're going to be given throughout the organization. So other than that, I think it was honestly a great decision. And although it was far away from home, um, me and my wife talk about it all the time. Um, we're definitely okay leaving Western Washington and leaving the rain to maybe come somewhere a little bit more sunny. <laughs> so. Absolutely, man. Um, well, you get drafted, right? You're, you're with the Marlins now. You start your career in Batavia for low A Paul and have a, just a solid season. But then the minors were shut down, uh, unfortunately, as we all know, for all of 2020. So you had that experience in 2018 of coming back from an absence um, from that injury. Did that help you at all since coming back from that midseason this year? What did you do to stay in shape? How much communication was there with, with Marlins development throughout that whole time? So Marlins development, there was about, I would say, every week 
um, where we get text calls, something like that. We'd have to check in. Um, I know leading up to spring training, they kind of left us alone a little bit because, of course, they were dealing with uh, major league spring training and getting ready for everything else. Um, but all throughout the offseason and all that, they were checking up on us, seeing what we were doing. Um, for me personally, I really took that 2019 season and um, really dissected it and thought about who I wanted to become, how I wanted to get better, um, what aspects of my swing um, defensively mentally how I wanted to get better all the way around as a baseball player and kind of dissected that about every single day I know one of the big things that I did in the offseason was I trained with um, Kyle Rogers who was going to be um, he worked at driveline for a little while so we kind of had those um, background credentials and I um, really emphasized getting stronger getting faster getting bigger um, and I think that's kind of where, as you guys are talking about that power aspect kind of coming in this year a little bit more, I think that's definitely a testament to that um, in the sense that realistically, I didn't change much about my swing. I didn't change much about my approach, but just getting bigger, faster, stronger um, and being a little bit older, I think um, definitely helped me um, for sure this year. But in the offseason, I know definitely an emphasis on um, strength and conditioning and all that. But um, even more so, I wanted to be really good with two strikes. Um, I know that's kind of getting away in professional baseball. Guys are striking out a little bit more. Um, but I think if I could be a guy um, and make myself into a player that, you know, is really tough with two strikes and battles and keeps battling, um, I think that that could kind of put a good mark on my name a little bit more and help me out just, you know, being an all-around better baseball player. Yeah, and you kind of already hit on, on my next one. I was going to ask you about, you know, if, if you did anything mechanically adjusted to come by this power. Because, of course, we've, we've known you especially in that sophomore year that Daniel mentioned for all the doubles that you hit, but the homers you, you, you got, but then of course you come over to the wood bat leagues. Maybe that'll go down a little bit, you know, kind mm -hmm. of saw that maybe a little bit Tavia. And now here you are with, with all these homers already. So you said there's not many mechanical adjustments to your swing, but has there been any, like, like, I guess those aha moments that we call them where you just something clicks and you find it and all of a sudden here come more home runs or has it just been just, just, just staying true. Like you said. So I know a little bit what I worked in low A quite a bit. Um, in spring training, I had an interesting, just kind of, I was leaking a little bit. Um, things were moving forward. My head was moving forward and I kind of had to fight that. And that happens to me just about every single year. I'm, I, I, me and my family talk about it all the time. I'm, I'm technically a little bit of a slow starter. And I had that time in spring training to kind of be a little bit of a slow starter, um, thankfully. But um, what I had to do is I always have to work against um, leaking and sliding forward a little bit. And so that aha moment for me was when I realized how much I could kind of preset my back hip and really get into my legs a little bit more and then just have a nice, easy swing where I can just kind of explode off of that back hip a little bit more. And I think that was more of that aha moment, but it didn't come in the off season. It came more so um, probably about almost at the end of spring training, really. Um, I know that first week in low way, I was working on it quite a bit. And um, I, I think about the second or third week of low way was when it really, like you like you said, that aha moment, I'm like, okay, this is it. And then I, um, was still working on it, still working on it. And even to this day, I'm, I'm still kind of trying to load that back hip as much as possible and just rotate around that. And I think that's by far the most mechanic thing that I've done. Um, it's just kind of having a sturdy base so that every single swing, every single take, every single pitch, um, I'm in a good spot to hit no matter what. So, yeah. So the power as, as, as Alex mentioned, as you're talking about, is really, really showing up this season. But the the hit tool that I mean, from what I can see, has been there the whole time. Obviously, even more this season. I mean, we're looking at the stats. It's a 3.28 average for a 10 OBP. That's elite. 
Um, so maybe for the younger fans who are learning, if you were gonna, if you were gonna tell them, you know, how you take what, what's your strategy? I know you talked about a little bit about it when we began the interview. Just run the course of a regular AB. What are you looking for? How do you recognize pitches? Um, just and now that you added more power. How do you do that without really sacrificing that patience, that discipline? Um, I guess in the way, um, it's something you just got to kind of work on. I, I know when I was a kid, I was quite the, uh, my, my coach called me a cage rat. Is I was always in the cage. I was always hitting. I always was working on something, always trying to get as many reps as I could. And I know for a younger player, um, that's really what it's about. It's it, as much as it is a mechanical thing and guys are going to have certain um, you know, things in their swing and whatnot. Um, really it's all about reps. It's almost like me trying to learn first base right now is it's, it's kind of all about reps and trying to see, see the ball and see the different hops and do all that. But, um, I know for me personally is just, you know, it, it's very, it's a very simple game. So keep it simple and swing at the strikes and take the balls. <laughs> so, um, realistically just make sure that, you know, and I know it's hard for a younger, a younger guy who's just kind of learning the game, but, um, you know, try to figure out what kind of hitter you are and what you want to do to the baseball and how you want to approach that just because, I mean, that's when you're really going to have that, like we're talking about that aha moment when you figure out a little bit who you want to be at the plate, who you want to be as a person and who you want to be kind of in the world of baseball. Awesome. Yep. Sounds awesome, man. Uh, yeah. So we have a couple more for you and then we'll do our quick fire round, which is just a really quick short answer, uh, quite five short answer questions to finish uh, before we let you go. Yep. So the next one we'll get to um, is about first base. I mentioned this at the beginning. The Marlins have brought you in and started playing you at first base. So I guess just a basic question. How is that going? How comfortable are you there? Has Coach Jacobs helped you at all, being a former Marlins first baseman? Has he helped you out at all? Uh, just, yeah, that experience and the process so far. Yeah, so um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, you know, you got big money guys in the outfield all up and down the organization. And I was like, uh, one of the big questions that Scott Fairbanks asked me right before they drafted me, he shot me a text probably right, I'm, I'm guessing probably 30 seconds before they picked me, said, hey, can you play first base? And I said, you know, I'll play shortstop if you want me to. I don't, <laughs> you know, just I'll, I'll do whatever you guys need. But um, being a high school first baseman, it was a little bit different um, learning it now. But um, I know in spring training and even now, uh, Jacobs has been, we've been doing a lot of early work. We've been working on a lot of different stuff to try to make me better in the little the little parts of first base, but, um, I know kind of, it's a little bit like riding a bike from high school. I, I was definitely good around the bag and all that, but the ground balls are definitely something I'm working on for sure. Um, and I know having Jacobs there and, um, pretty much everything that he's teaching me has all been around kind of footwork, um, how to, how to approach it really what I need to do at first base, um, to kind of just, you know, keep me in the lineup and keep me, you know, getting better every single day. Um, realistically, it has been a grind for sure. <laughs> I've definitely had my ups and downs at first base, just like, you know, learning a new position every day. Um, but really, I've had a great time over there. It's a lot. My legs are, my legs are thanking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you, so again, you started your, your, your season in low A Jupiter, killed it, got the call up to high A Beloit. Being a guy who sees pitching really well how much of a shift in competition level in Beloit you know and in, in high A from where you were at low A um, I mean if, if there is your awesome numbers don't really show it <laughs> 
But can you give me your thoughts on that? On that? I mean, does, does the game get quicker from that level? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, so I remember down in low A, this is what I kept telling people um, when they were asking, hey, like, what's low A like? Well, in low A, you probably get two fastballs and they'd really be over the plate or you'd get, you know, four balls. And that's just kind of the way that low A kind of worked was just you had a lot of young pitchers that didn't have a lot of control or maybe they were a one or two pitch guy where up here, um, I'm even this week, I've been amazed with how well I've been pitched sometimes is it's just like, I'm getting a change up low and away, and then I'm getting a slider at my back foot and then I'm getting a fastball up and in, and I'm really getting sometimes nothing to hit. And so I think that's the biggest adjustment is having to become a little bit more patient up here and trying to figure out how to attack guys that have three or four pitches, just like in college a little bit more where guys in college, they weren't two pitch guys. Um, they were three or four. They were getting ready to, you know, be in double A, be in triple A, be in the big leagues versus um, low A where it was more guys would have one pitch, two pitch, and you kind of sit on one where here guys are going to surprise you. They'll pitch backwards. They'll uh, come at you a little bit different. I know um, in the lineup right now here in Beloit, I hit behind two lefties, two fantastic hitters, um, Connor Scott and uh, Meisner. And every time I watch their at bat, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They're going to kind of pitch me the same. Sometimes they will. And then other times it's totally different. And so I kind of got to adjust to that a little bit more. And I think that's the biggest jump um, from high A to low A is just that the pitchers have one extra pitch they can throw for a strike and they'll kind of nibble at the corners a little bit more versus just, you know, what I like to call smash mouth baseball is I'm going to try to throw it as hard as I can and get it by you, which that's my favorite time of hitting. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. Yeah, we'll get to one more, Troy, and then do the quick fire round before we go. As I said, um, as we as Daniel mentioned, you've been, of course, to two levels already this year. We know there's a ton of talent in this Marlins farm system, including yourself. So the fact you are where you are system wide, that's pretty special getting these pushes and, and getting challenged and and doing everything that you're doing is, is really awesome to see. But since you've made now two stops at two different levels uh, and, of course, spring training, where you saw all the guys as well. Are there any other players in this Marlins organization, or if you can just name a couple that you look at or look at and go, wow, that, that guy can really play. I'm excited to grow with him. Um, one of the guys that first comes to mind is Burdick, of course. Dude has stupid pop. Um, unbelievable. He's, he's a really nice guy, but, man, can he hit the baseball. Um, every time I saw him in spring training, um, it was just BP, you know, scrimmages, everything like that. It was just dude could flat out hit. Um, and so that was one of the big guys that I kind of was like, wow, that'd be a great person to learn from, great person to play with. Um, I know one of the other guys I'm thinking of now who I play with is Griffin Conine, who, again, um, has absolute stupid pop and everything, his BP, um, everything he hits in the game. He's, I mean, he's leading, what, the minor leagues and home runs or he's close, something like that with 16. Yeah. Um, and we, we actually room together here in Beloit and we'll talk hitting just about every day, try to figure out something new, try to figure out something to do better. And so. Um, I think those are some of the guys that for sure I'm like, those are awesome bats. And especially, you know, just like me, a lefty bat, awesome guys to learn from, awesome guys to watch. And especially when they're having success like they are this season. So I'm really, you know, excited for the opportunity to play here in Beloit and learn from a lot of great players. Right. To follow up on that one really quick. Um, any pitcher that comes to mind that you're like, whoa, I mean, that kid. Pitcher that comes to mind. I got uh, my, my guy, uh, Zach McCambly. Dude Ooh, yeah. is unreal. His curveball, I 
I'm still thinking about it from spring training when I was facing it. I just have no idea how it moves the way that it does, but it does. Um, I know, uh, re- realistically, I know he's had um, a couple really good outings, and he just he pitches like he deserves to be on the mound. He pitches, he works quick, he throws strikes, he gets guys out, and I think that's one of the guys that I'm like, this is this is what minor league, major league pitching should look like. It's he, he's a dude and. I'm really excited to be able to play with him and, you know, try to defend for him, but I don't really have to do too much. He pretty much gets the outs himself. So. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Awesome stuff, Troy. Uh, the last thing we get to, of course, we like to do this with all of the guests that join our show is a quick fire round. It's just a handful of quick, you know, short question and answer format. So we'll just ask, we'll split them up a little bit here. We'll ask, give us a really quick, short answer, and then we'll let you go to get back to, to raking and Beloit. <laughs> all right. So the, awesome. the first one, I'll get to it. Um, who have you modeled your game after, if anybody, or who have you looked up to uh, growing up in your baseball career? So growing up in my baseball career, quick, quick answer um, is Josh Hamilton was my swing that I had when I was much younger. I, I definitely modeled him and because I was around when he had that four home run game and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so I modeled my swing after him a little bit. I've definitely got away from it. I'm definitely not a Josh Hamilton type hitter. Um, but he was one of the guys that I thought was a fantastic all-around hitter. Could hit it all over the park and hit it hard every time. Awesome. So the next one we'll get to, uh, two or three words to describe the vibe in the Beloit Snappers Clubhouse. Country and <laughs> scrappy. We'll put it those two. Two words, country and scrappy. <laughs> that is nice. I'll, I'll get to my last one, and then we'll let Daniel go with his two. Uh, if it not had been baseball for you, if you weren't playing baseball, what would you be doing instead? 100%. Um, I would be playing golf. Um, nice. I played competitive golf when I was a little bit younger. Um, won a couple tournaments here or there. Went to state in Washington. But I decided to play football in high school instead of golf. And I actually uh, still to this day golf with my high school um, golf coach who was at the high school at the, at the time that I was there. And I'll, you know, I'll beat up on him every once in a while, but he'll get me. Um, but I think I definitely could have uh, played college golf if I really put my, uh, put my money there. I, I know it's quick fire, but I just have to follow up, man. I love golf. Um, are you still playing? What's your handicap? Um, so my handicap right now, um, I have no idea what it actually is because I yeah. don't keep it. My yeah. average score is right about a 77 to 78. Um, sometimes I'll go lower. Sometimes I'll go higher. Um, it just kind of depends how often I'm playing and what, um, but realistically, um, I got, I got this new set of clubs in the off season. Uh, let me tell you, it helped a little bit. <laughs> uh, that's, that's awesome, man. That, yeah, that's elite for, for a golf amateur. I'll tell you that. Um, all right. <laughs> so, uh, my, my couple of questions here. So Northwest, that's where you come from South Florida. Um, now, you know, back to Beloit. Warm weather or cool weather, if you had to choose? Definitely, definitely warm weather. So um, you're talking about the northwest, but on the east side of the mountains, um, where Spokane is, uh, summers will get up to 100, 110. It is, it gets scorching over there. It's all desert. So, um, but growing up on the west side, all rainy, growing up, uh, going to school on the east side, it's, you have like your snow season, and then Mm -hmm. you have your disgustingly hot season. So (laughs) there's no in between. One between but definitely warm weather all right and the last one here who is the first person you will call when you eventually get that big league call um 
it's gonna it's a tough it's a tough between my uh, number one fan my dad and then definitely my wife because i have a feeling my wife is, is going to want to know that we're moving before my dad <laughs> wants to know about it um but i think i think for sure i'm gonna have to go with my wife Haley. um she's definitely gonna be the first call she's been with me for oh man about eight years now she's seen me grown in baseball and life and we've grown up together like that and so she definitely deserves that uh, that first call that's awesome trust awesome awesome stuff there you go, guys. Troy Johnston, one of the hottest hitters in the Marlins minor league system. And as I said before, in minor league baseball as a whole, the guy just keeps going, keeps breaking no matter the level, no matter the position. This guy's, this guy's doing everything he's asked to do and, and much more. So, man, great stuff, Troy. We thank you so much for your time, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All the kind words. We wish you nothing but the best. And, of course, we'll be following uh, the rest of this season and your career as you continue to grow with the Marlins. So, thanks again. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. So there you have it, guys. Troy Johnston with some awesome insight into his career so far, his breakout first two months of the 2021 season, despite all the variables in place, and much, much more from just an extremely nice kid, extremely nice guy. And man, can't say enough about this kid. We, we really enjoyed bringing that interview to you guys. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Daniel, I want to get your thoughts um, you know, on the biggest thing. We got a lot of great stuff, but the biggest thing that you took away from this interview, what really stood out to you? from all the great topics that we covered with Troy? Um, well, two things. One is just, just an amazing kid. Um, clearly well-educated. Hi, Troy's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Troy told us that his dad um, listened to us. So good job, sir, uh, and <laughs> on, <laughs> on educating Troy. Um, but the other thing is um, a, a student of the game. Mm-hmm. I love it. He, he loves tinkering. He understands um, what pitchers are thinking. He, you know, he, he, he plays that game, that mind game with the pitcher. Um, just talking about how, how, how it changed from, from Jupiter to Beloit and what to expect and how he analyzes, um, how he analyzes other hitters, what pitchers do to other hitters. Just, I, I love that. I love how, how he is a student of the game and, 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 and what he does to get better every day. Yeah, definitely agree. I, I would say the main thing for me that stood out was his answer to one of your questions, Daniel, about what he did while injured in 2018 and unable to be on the field. We hear a lot of guys talk about how they deal with rehab and a lot of guys deal with it in different ways. But I think what Troy did is pretty unique. What Troy did in going to coach with a buddy of his at a high school and, and, you know, along with mentoring some of these young kids, you know, he's able to build himself as well as a professional baseball player. That just speaks, I think, as Daniel mentioned, his level headedness that he's able to go into this environment as a coach and better himself as a player while coaching kids that are much, much younger than him. That's, that's huge. I mean, that, that's just something that, that you're not going to see a lot. And again, it just speaks to his ability to keep a level head, to learn in whatever environment he's in. And for him to, to step into that and brand new role for him and, and a role that which he's never assumed before, of course, as a 24 year old and be able to better himself as a professional man. Can't say enough about that. That was, that was really great to hear. Uh, I really, really liked that, that topic from Troy. And the other thing to me, Daniel, is the fact that he talks from the mechanical side about keeping his hip inside, staying closed and striding into the ball better, leading to that better vertical power transfer, not flying open, staying straight to the ball. 
that's an adjustment, Daniel, that we've heard some major league hitters talk about. So the fact that he's doing this, this young in his minor league career, just speaks to that massive hit tool that we talked about during the show and during the interview. Man, just adding the only hit, the only hit tool that he was missing, which was the power, probably a lot of the way via that adjustment. Can't say enough about this guy, man. I really like him. I've liked him since the start of the season. And man, I, I'm so excited to see what, what this kid is doing and, and, and how far he could possibly go as just this unheralded guy who's just coming into his own. 100%, man. Uh, get excited, Miami. <laughs> All right, guys. We could go on on our takeaways from that fantastic interview with Troy, but we want you guys to draw your own conclusions. What were the biggest highlights for you guys and why? Please let us know on social media. We'd love to hear from you guys about you know, what you think about, about this, this interview with Troy. You guys always have some fantastic insight. So let us know. Let us know what you think. And, man, again, it was a true pleasure to have Troy on. So thank you to him and everybody involved. All right, guys. So for Alex and Daniel, we send a final thank you again to Troy and everybody involved in, in getting this put together for us. Distinct pleasure to meet and speak with him. As we mentioned in the episode, we wish him nothing but the best for continued success as the season progresses. You guys know I'll be watching Daniel now will as well as a newfound believer in Troy. And we invite you guys to do the same. Daniel, thank you as always, man, for being with me for this. Your amazing insight, helping me put this together. Anything else that you want to add? No, as always, just thank you. And, 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 Please, guys, um, review, subscribe. You know, you know the drill. Wherever you listen, um, we love everything you guys have to say to us. And, and any recommendations, keep the questions coming. We love answering them. Um, just thank you. Awesome. So that'll do it, guys, for episode 26 of Swimming Upstream. We hope you guys really enjoyed it. We had a blast with Troy. Goodbye for now, and we will see you guys next time on Swimming Upstream. Swimming Upstream.